Welcome to Reverse Psychology, the Fraser Rewatch podcast where we go backwards through every episode of the show. Tonight, we are covering Season 11, Episode 4, The Babysitter, which originally aired on October 7th, 2003. Is this our last chance to hang out with this show's best character? We'll find out. I'm your host, Curtis Shack. Joining me as always, it's a resident upside-downer, it's Ryan Sansone. Curtis, I'm excited to be here, ready to babysit Brad as always. Also with us today, it's our... Prescription cheese user, Bradley Kirkston. That's me. Thank you so much for having me for another episode. I've been dreaming about this moment my whole life. Don't worry, buddy. It won't be long. <laughs> and uh, joining us as a special guest, it's our friend, Vitaly Steert. Yo, yo. Classic intro, Vitaly. <laughs> well, well, Vit, uh, as we do with all new guests on our show, uh, we would like to know from you a little bit about your relationship to the television show from the 90s, Frasier. Yeah, uh, I mean, the only thing I have that's related is my wife's name is the same name as the actor that plays Frasier. I'm sorry, what? Kelsey, right? Kelsey, <laughs> what's his name? Kelsey? Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, Kelsey Grammer, yeah. <laughs> was was your wife named after Kelsey Grammer? No, they just had the same name. <laughs> you know what? That's a stronger connection than I expected. <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't know where you were going to go with this one, uh, Vitaly, but I'm proud of you. That was good. Yeah, thank you. Have you ever heard of the show? Um, no. <laughs> you really have never heard of it? Except for the 8 million texts I get? No, I have not. Other than us starting a pod- <laughs> it was When we said we're starting a podcast on the show, you had no idea what we were talking about? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure I've heard Brad say the name before. That does sound like something. First off, uh, just for the record, no Brad's on the show. I'm Bradley. And second off, uh, that does sound like something Bradley would do. Yeah, Brad Brad definitely said it. It is fun that uh, for months now, we've been doing a podcast where we constantly texted each other about the podcast and we never chose to create a separate group chat. (laughs) Never will. Absolutely never will. You are on the group chat, even though you've never been on the show. You will always be a part of the group chat where we talk about (laughs) Frasier. I do hit unsubscribe every once in a while, but it doesn't work. Yeah, that's not going to work. I also text stop sometimes. Yeah, ain't nobody is doing anything with that. So, so, so Vit, what uh, what do you think Frazier's about? Because you've obviously heard us texting about it and a little bit talking about it. What, what's your best guess for what this show is? Yeah, it's definitely about a guy with a girl's name. Um, <laughs> just doing, doing guys what? with girls' names things. Do you think the show is about Kelsey Frazier? Uh, yeah. Or, I thought maybe he thought Frazier was a girl's name. I thought Kelsey's definitely a girl's name. Well, oh, Kelsey Grammer's the the actor. Yeah. But, it's, it's about his life. It's like Jerry Seinfeld, except for they just do Kelsey Frazier, whatever the guy's name is. Jerry's also a girl's name. <laughs> a couple things. One, it's it's 2023. Okay. There's no such thing as guys' names or girl names. They're just names. Is that you said first of all? Do you have a second? Oh, sorry. I, I didn't know it was my time. Uh, s- second of all, the gentleman yield his time. <laughs> uh, Vitaly, let's let's go with this line of thinking. Do you think there's other characters, or is it just him in your, in your model? I mean, there has to be other people. He can't just be like doing his own thing. Like Seinfeld had like his two best friends or three best friends, right? So it's like, have you never seen Seinfeld too? I have seen <laughs> Seinfeld. Why, why, why do you not know there's four main characters, or can you just not count? No, I, I said, what, what did I say? Three other people? Two. You gave a range. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, take a, take a real shot. What do you think Frazier's about? I'll give you a hint. Frazier's the main character's first name. I got no clue. I, I think they yep, said yep, Take your best it. shot. It's okay they that you don't talk. have a clue. Yep, sit and talk about shit. And in, a, in an apartment. <laughs> it's, it's, annoying, in a, it's annoying how close you could be if the show was actually what it's supposed to be about. Are, are they in are they in an apartment? Ding, ding, ding. They are in an apartment. There you go. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty much nailed what the show is supposed to be. I just, I just want to, I just want to get a genre from you. What genre do you think Frasier is? This should be easy. Are you asking uh, me or Vitaly? Honestly, I, I could ask either of you. Yeah, definitely, I can't answer definitely that. Drama. Well, I can confirm it's not that. Well, this is going to be an interesting episode of the podcast, is it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So I got a I got a real question for you. Yeah, please. So this episode centralizes around uh, Fraser and his dad going for the same woman. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I mean, something feels not above board there, right? I was thinking for you guys, what is the what's an appropriate how how low would you go and how old would you go for the dating world? Great. I could definitely start with this one. 
you should definitely start with this one. Yeah, because I'm the only one. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I, I have a feeling I'm the only one that's still on the dating apps. I don't want to make assumptions. Um, um, <laughs> Let's just assume that's true. Yeah, uh, I, that's probably fair. Right now, my dating uh, my dating range, and I, and I just checked it, is and I, and for the record, I'm I'm a, I'm okay with revealing my age. I'm currently 34. I'm actually 34 and five months, if that's important. Thank God, we're not, so old. Absolutely not important. Well, so it's, so this means mathematically, the appropriate age for you would be what the old half plus seven. Yes. So so the range that, that would I, be what 27 would be the youngest you could go from that one math problem. Assuming that we all accept that math problem. Ryan, your the- math was so far <laughs> off. I, Isn't I it? Know. It was really bad. I'm so bad, and even sorry, I knew sorry. that was wrong. Sorry, wait, it's half my age. 24, so to- 24. There you go. So my what current I, say, age, I wasn't that far off. Um, for, for a math major, you were. Um, wasn't for, a math uh, major. You're whatever I tell you you are. I guess, um, I guess for a math major, yes, that would have been very bad. My range on the dating apps right now is 24 to 47. So you, oh, so you, that's why you were very, <laughs> that's why it's very important that I was wrong. Because otherwise you would have been uncouth. Yes, thank you. Twenty-four Sorry, so to forty-seven. There's no way twenty-four is your lowest number. No, it is. It is twenty-four. Well, I mean, it's, that's mathematically the case. It's, yeah. on, it's on the bottom edge. <laughs> you you wrote that line. <laughs> uh, technically, I don't know if you did the math. You could go higher. You could go all the way up to I think fifty-four if you wanted. I could. Do you want to bump up the numbers now? See if you get some uh, some bites on the call. Sure, let's do it. Now, do you, do you think you'd be comfortable actually dating a twenty-four-year-old? I think I'd be very. I, I think I'd be more comfortable dating a twenty-four-year-old than a fifty-four-year-old. That's interesting because I don't think that's true for yourself <laughs> or for me. For you, I think you would do very well with a fifty-four-year-old. I think that's a little too close in age with my parents. Well, it wasn't an issue for we don't. So we don't actually know Fraser's age, but apparently, yeah, it just we, wasn't. It's part of the sitcom because no one ever says their age, so I know it makes it complicated. Yeah, but I mean, you have to assume that like that Ronnie's pretty. Well, we know she's younger than Marty. But can't be. She can't be too much younger, right? Well, wait, 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 wait. she can't be too much younger. She's got to be maybe just a few years older than Fraser. If she was his babysitter, then she was probably, and she was a teenager when she was babysitting them. Then was, she, do we know that? Was that what they said? Because I honestly can't keep up with these things sometimes. Yeah, she. Well, she. Well, yeah. we're jumping into the episode now, but she did say at one point that she. Um, the difference between then and now is that she's old enough to drink. She was young. <laughs> She she could she's got to be within five to ten years of Frasier for sure. I would agree, and that means she's probably ten to fifteen years within Marty. I was going to say fifteen to twenty, but you might be right. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. Fifteen to twenty. Yeah. Some sometimes some days Marty looks really old, and some days he's like he looks right on par with Ronnie. Yeah, and again, this is, going into, this is this is going into this episode, but I felt like they purposely tried to make him look older in this episode. Why don't yeah, we just so. go ahead and jump into the episode? What do you say? Before well, we wait, find wait, out how wait, young you would date, let's let's uh, let's ask our guest Vitaly. You comfortable with us getting into the episode? Uh, sure. Okay. Do you want us to explain what's happening? What should we ex- just explain all ten episodes? No, I'm okay. Curtis, how many episodes have we done so far? Way more than ten. This is episode twenty-one. Jesus Christ! What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get it. Can I get a play-by-play recap on all 21? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just actually, do you just want to start our podcast now and get caught up? Just if you put it in like two times speed, you'll you'll be caught up by the end of this episode. You get through I, I have it ten times. It's on ten times speed. I'm done. Oh, great. Then <laughs> so you get it. I'm, I'm good. Again, for, for those of you listening at home, they've left. Vitaly does not understand how time works, how sound works, how anything works. So it's going to be great. Do you know how sound works? No. Or time, for that matter? Yes, I love time. Brief explanation of time, please. Get into this episode of Frasier. Brief explanation of time, please. Sage, parsley, rosemary, and thyme. Get get into the episode. I'm sorry I asked. We open with a literal crane over Seattle. Niles is being a chatty Kathy while he and Frasier shop for a couch for the impending private practice. They run into Ronnie, their old babysitter, who Fraser crushed on then and asks over to dinner now. Yeah, the letters were gold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, real question about the intro. 
I don't know if it like I didn't watch it on my normal day, so I don't know if I'm just off rhythm. Was that the normal theme song, or did they throw like some extra flair in there? Oh, I didn't notice that. I did not notice that. This might be the first time you've actually listened to the intro music. <laughs> I told you, I'm just. I don't know if I'm off rhythm or it just was different, and that I actually clocked something. Vit, what do you think? I think it was there. I heard it. Well, the theme song was definitely there. No one's contesting whether it was there or not. Was this the first time that there was a crane? I feel like there was another episode there was a crane. Yeah, there's. this is not the first crane. Yeah, okay, like three had a crane. I yeah. think four. Oh, it's actually in play. Okay, so clearly supposed to be in a place we've never been before. This was just Niall's apartment, though, right? They just dressed it up slightly differently. Oh, that that's very plausible. Like, I'm sure they redress sets all the time, but I did not. It did not look like I did not see it as that now. I well, no, no furniture place just has couches that are out of reach, just like on a shelf or whatever the fuck was going on in the background, uh, which definitely made me think that it. I don't know. It gave me Niles Apartments vibes for sure. And it definitely did not give me being in a furniture store vibes at all. Well, I, at one point, Frazier says to Ronnie, I noticed you checking out the Barker loungers, but I'm pretty sure there weren't any Barker loungers to check out in that room. I just thought maybe it was out of the scene. To- Not a Richo. Don't know what a Barker lounger is. Isn't it just a, a, a word for just like a recliner? Yeah, that's it's another name for a recliner. Well, I've never heard. Is it really old? No, I, I had never heard the word recliner until I met you guys. That what? can't be true. So it's a very yeah. old term. Exactly. So is a Barker lounger a type or is it a, a brand? I think it's a brand. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not up to date on my recliner brands. It's like how people call everything Lazy Boys, and only there's only one Lazy Boy. That's me. <laughs> yeah, there is a BarkerLounger.com, so I, I think it's a brand. Can we talk about how, when the scene started, I really thought Niles was on crack? He, I, I'm not convinced he wasn't. Niles was super annoying. I do I do not like stressed out You thought out he Niles. was annoying? Wait, you thought he was, I thought he was hilarious. You can be both. Both can be true. Crack Niles is not as much fun as badass Niles. I yeah, think Crack Niles though. Like I'm good with nervous Niles who takes all of his clothes off in a coffee shop, but I, I am not in a. He you talks mean too little much. nervous Niles? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> great nickname. Great nickname. Oh my god, little nervous Niles. All right, so yeah, obviously we have to cover this massive moment for the upside down. This is where we meet the great. I assume we meet her, but clearly yeah. where she's becoming a mainstay. Unless this show goes all the way back to when they were teenagers. <laughs> it would be great if she shows up in a flashback. It's uh, it's disappointing, though, that we meet her in a furniture store. <laughs> Doesn't feel like how I had drawn up the series' best character. Well, first off, so far, you're going to meet a lot of other great characters. Probably uh, all in fucking furniture shops. Yeah, I mean, that's true. The whole show is known for its furniture shops. Well, when you've got a set that great, you don't just let it go to waste. Sometimes you redress it as a, an apartment for Niles, but primarily its function is as a furniture store. We, we've seen them about the same. Because we don't know if this is true, if you happen to be a set designer on the show Frasier and would like to make an appearance, you know how to contact us. They don't. I'd be willing to bet a weird amount of money that it's the same set. Brad, Brad, Brad I think you should find out who the set designer was and reach out to them. Again, as soon as someone named Brad joins this podcast, they can definitely do that for you. But can you tell them where our uh, email handle is? How, how, do, how do I know you guys' handle? I don't know. All right, we got to talk about the football helmet comment. Yes, I mean, absolutely. Ronnie Lawrence, she's the fiend who told me all those ghastly bedtime stories about tiny insects that would crawl into my ears and eat my brain. <laughs> Earwigs. I, I, I wore a football helmet to bed for a month after that. <laughs> Yes, I know. You really had dad's hopes up there for a while. I think if I was picking helmets, like that's not not very high up there for using it as a noise block or an earwig blocker. I think there's a hole like in the side. Oh, I, that's uh, but it does sound like something Niles would do. I just think there's better helmets for the job. Motorcycle helmet would have been clutch. Ryan, on that note, how mad did it make you when she called him a big time radio guy? That did make me mad. <laughs> <laughs> that actually made me mad. Yeah, I figured it would. But like, I I took it as she was his old babysitter and like still kind of taking a jab at him. Uh, but I think you were just. I think you were just kind of hoping that was the case. But yeah, it, it wasn't. It was actually annoying. I, you can see immediately as soon as she's on the scene. Like, it's just it's a better. He, Frazier is genuinely much better with her around. 
I don't know if it's a Kelsey Grammer thing or the writers can just use Ronnie like they can't use Daphne for some reason, but she's great scene again. Always. Are you okay, buddy? Hmm? You sounded like you were choked up. Yeah, like he was no. getting emotional about the idea. <laughs> I just, I'm just going to miss Ronnie so much. I'm going to miss her so much. So I, so I guess also for the Upside Down, we already know about the private practice situation, even though we didn't talk about it a single moment last episode. This We're here to shop for Fraser's uh, office. Yes, correct. You are you are on the right uh, trajectory on that one. I do love I, I do love the way that they are doing their like story arc. It's like every third episode gets a tiny morsel yeah. of what that was about. It's definitely not more coherent going the the normal way. It's funny that you say that because I just thought like it is so cliche that they're really focusing his private practice on picking out the perfect couch for the for a psychiatry office yeah well i would say cliche except that like that's clearly fraser has to focus on the stuff in his office he's not going to put it to actual use so this actually fits his character normally that would be a hack thing to do but in this case what else is he gonna do Frazier's a hack i mean he's a hack he's a radio <laughs> psychiatrist he's a hack <laughs> more more sleuthing for the upside down it's a big scene we found out ronnie lives in the elliott bay towers what no that, no, that's the that's where Fraser lives. Oh well, whatever. You're <laughs> so bad. You're so bad at listening. <laughs> I got so excited to write that down. I didn't associate it to someone. <laughs> and and they said that like in almost every episode too. He's said oh. it multiple times. Yeah. Well, I didn't know what it was. He always gives out his address as just yes. the Elliott Bay Towers. I, I mean, there's probably a doorman or something, so they can like find him. He but knows. it is funny to me oh. that it's never like an actual apartment number. It's apartment. just Elliott yeah. Bay Towers. I got excited because I was like, we know the doorman, but nope, that was Niall's apartment. Yeah. Which may or may not be in the Elliott Bay Towers. Who knows? May or may not be a furniture store. By by no means, by the way, could would I ever have guessed Ronnie was here for half of the rest of the season from this scene. Very similar to Charlotte where it's like, yeah, she's going to be a, she might not even make it to the end of this episode. Yeah. They don't give uh, the women on this show. Great introductions. Do they? No, it's, it's impossible to tell who's going to be a lasting character. Who's going to have a weird two episode arc. And then who's just one and done, which makes it exciting for the upside. I mean, it's pretty obvious that this is an introduction to Ronnie for us. And we probably won't see her again, but uh, for a lot of other characters, I feel like, uh, you're never really going to be fully sure if they're gone for good. Yeah, I think if you would have guessed, like, watching through the season, you would have guessed that Roseanne's mom would be here way more. Yeah, she definitely felt like a, a, a lived-in character to some extent. And literally lived in his on his floor. Mm-hmm. Wasn't she on, on Fraser's floor? Yes, she was his next-door neighbor or whatever. Seems like an easy pop in and out, but I guess not. The writers work in mysterious ways. Daphne and Niles are over for dinner with Ronnie. When Marty meets her... He assumes she is the gift from his son because women are objects. Frazier is annoyed to see his dad flirting with her since he called dibs. I mean, he called dibs, right? Like He did not explicitly call dibs. That should be pointed out. No one said the yeah. word dibs. That was that was creative license on my part. I apologize. Uh, you have to remember, some people have never seen the show and certainly not this episode. <laughs> Which is actually, we know for a fact, true for at least some of our listening audience. So True. <laughs> Some some people are hashtag uh, pod only, baby. There are not uh, no pod though, like our buddy Vit. Um, so I, I was at the start of the scene. Was excited. Earwig terror calm Niles, annoying Niles down. That was great, and that lasted for about four seconds. Marty is such a horn dog. I I love how big his eyes got when he when she walked in. Yeah, he also referred to her as a pretty little thing, didn't he? When yeah. she was a, when she was a kid. Yeah, gross. Well, that's I mean that's the central plot of this episode is that he's yeah. gross. So, <laughs> and what did what did uh, Fraser said he was going to take? He was, that we we're going to have Cape Carnaveral. Cape Carnaveral. I couldn't even. I can't even pronounce it the way he he said it. I don't know what you're saying. You're so far away from it. Like the autocorrect can't help you right now. You're so far away. <laughs> I know. I'm so far away from it. I don't. Could you try again? I I I didn't write it down. My my. You want to give I the context? Autocorrected. He was when he was like it was Cape Carnaveral. Cape. Ray Navarro. He was going to connive his way in there. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the exact word he said, but he said something Thank about you. crane, Cape Crane Avril. Cape Crane Avril. Oh, Crane Avril. That wasn't yeah, it. Crane it was not that. No, no, it was not that. I'm just saying that it was something where he put his word, his last name, Crane, into the phrase. I think you might be right. It might have been Cape uh, Crane Avril. Cape. 
Ray Navarro. I mean, that would imply a rocket. That's not what's happening here. It's <laughs> no. He said he was going to launch off to her. Did he? I was hoping this reunion might start a countdown toward a future liftoff from Cape Canaveral. Maybe it was. Maybe it yeah, was. He was going to launch. He wanted to. He wanted to launch the relationship. That was the. Whole oh, this thing. is what he. This is when he was saying he was going to be successful. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So. I love this scene because only because Frazier gets bested by Marty. I don't love that Marty comes out looking okay and not okay, but he like wins one over. Still, always exciting to see Frazier be a loser. Yeah, he definitely wins one over. He doesn't come out looking okay at any point in this episode. But yeah, I was gonna say I didn't see that at all. He definitely comes creepy. Yeah, but he clearly gets the upper hand against Frazier here. He does. Although I do like uh, Frazier's quip back at him when he's like, "Since when do I bring you women?" Yeah, yes. I did like that. <laughs> Do you, do you guys actually think Marty thought Frazier brought him a woman? Because that it would be somehow even creepier. I know that we were watching backwards, but I feel like everything we've seen of Marty up till now has been foreshadowing for what a creepy is in this episode. Well, I guess this is this is actually the first time we've seen completely untethered Marty, isn't it? Because he's been with Ronnie the rest of the way. So right. not a shock that he's just awful. What he he kind of does uh, Niles' thing a little bit with the, the kind of gabbiness. When, when in this scene where he's just like trying to like flirt and it just comes out as him like laughing at her. Yeah, his fake laugh was, or I don't know if it's fake, but his his super into Ronnie laugh was super annoying. I liked at the end of the scene when Frazier acknowledges himself as a scoundrel. I was like, oh, Frazier, you kind of recognize you're a terrible person. Too bad your dad doesn't. You mean when he, he endeavors to go out to the rendezvous room? Yeah. Yeah. After Niles calls him a scoundrel, he's like, well. Look, I am what I am. I think he was taking it as a positive. Well, and I do, I do like uh, at the very end of the scene where uh, he's clearly heading out and he says, no, uh, I'm going to take some time to get ready. Uh, see yourself out. <laughs> I did like that. I, I actually really liked that comment. And their facial reactions were great, too. Like, they, like they've heard it before. <laughs> Once again, everyone's better when Ron is involved. I, I'm not looking forward to the rest of the series. We get our first title card. Here comes another mood swing. Ronnie is at work, a piano bar where she sings. Frazier comes to spend more time with her, but Marty has beat him to the punch. Frazier proposes a duet, which she uses to serenade his dad. So the, the first thing I clocked with this scene is we, we really get Ronnie on way more piano than I would have expected. Like her usage limit is low. Her usage rating is low, but it's almost all piano, which is great. Yeah, I guess I was surprised because I've seen so much stuff that uh, she's been in and she sings in almost every role she ever has ever i did not know that like right. yeah like just shoot me the one with uh what was the old lady hot um, in cleveland yeah thank you hot in cleveland she's always just by the way by the way that old lady i believe you meant betty white a national treasure i'm appalled makes you rest in peace you son of a bitch you son of a bitch <laughs> i can express how i feel about you with one finger <laughs> I, it, it is a shame though that oh, do you want me to say it also, Hot in Cleveland featured uh, Daphne. Did it? It did. I didn't know that. That's not interesting. It's a shame, though, that Ronnie's last piano appearance is in Marty's stupid dream sequence. What a fucking waste. Yeah. This show's great at wasting its female characters. <laughs> Especially the very at the very beginning, it's confusing. At the very end, they love to waste them. Also, how about the fact that... Uh, she just insults all of her guests that came to the bar. Okay, don't act like you wouldn't be into that personally. That's exactly the type of thing you would love. He would think she was in love with him. If, oh, if she course. pointed at him and said some of these these comments about whatever, he would have been like stars in his eyes, just like Brad K would have been taken on her a date that night. Why, if, why do you think I like? Why do you think I like strip clubs so much? We know why you like it. <laughs> no one questions. You're that. you're a you're a Marty pervert. You're a for scoundrel the, for, the, for the bathroom mitts. <laughs> that was somehow uh, grosser than i could have possibly imagined but accurate neither speaking of people not looking well neither marty or uh fraser looking particularly good in this scene they both seem so desperate so they desperate do. and it makes sense why marty's desperate like fraser hasn't hit his rock bottom yet why is he so desperate well so did all the guys at the bar which is why i think i can relate to all of them so I think they all kind of look desperate. You were just knocking on all of uh, on the act. <laughs> I didn't say I couldn't. Now you're re- relating uh, to them. I yeah, I couldn't. I didn't say I couldn't relate to the gentleman. You're the target, you're the target audience. <laughs> I do enjoy when uh, Fraser 
uh, is introduced by Ronnie to the crowd as Dr. Fraser Crane. And they cut to Marty and he just gives the biggest eye roll. Just He is so <laughs> passive aggressive about his own son in this moment. Well, it's, it's accurate. We, we know Fraser's wasting his doctorate, if he even has one. I'm sure mid like season four, we'll find out it's fake. Taking out a couch. So the way Rondi, ha- uh, Rondi, the way Ronnie handles this mix up is really odd. Frazier sounds super creepy. If she thinks he's talking about his dad, like, Oh, he's yeah. very interested. She's like, great. Let me play the piano about it to everyone. I could see where she talking about Marty. Like she was, she was trying to gauge. She didn't want to go to Marty and say, are you into me? She yeah, wanted to get totally it from a third fair. party. Like, her her behavior makes sense. You're right, though. Frazier's no, no, is I'm saying, way too when, into when they're, at, when they're at the piano, it's weird. She's like, oh, he's, oh, Marty's super into me? Oh, great. But you know, Ronnie's like that. Like, she she didn't, she did not bat an eye at Frazier being that way. Because she is a horndog of a lady. Yeah, that's that's true. And that plays out the rest of the season. Love, love Frazier mad pianoing. One of my favorite Frazier moments so far. It's a good moment. I wonder if Kelsey Grammer plays piano or if he was just like hiding his hands back there. I'm sure he wasn't actually what? playing, but I just, I'm sure he wasn't actually playing, but I just wonder if he had any sense of where to put his hands or if he's just kind of randomly moving them in front of doesn't, the keys. Doesn't he play piano? Isn't that what, isn't that why he sings the outro song? Does he? I mean, I know, I know he, he sings the outro song. That sounded like I didn't know. He's the outro song. I thought that was David Hyde Pierce. <laughs> he he does he does sing the outro song. Uh, does he play piano? He does. He, did he play? Did he play piano in another episode? No. I mean, he acted like he thinking, did. I don't know if that means he Ronnie. did. No, the the episode with him and Ronnie. I thought he the other episode. I thought, yeah. Are you asking? Are you asking? Does Frazier play piano or does Kelsey Grammer in that play episode? Piano? In, in that episode, I thought Frazier played, but Kelsey Grammer does play in real life too. Okay. Suck it, Kurt. Uh, this feels like a really bad maneuver for Ronnie uh, to point to a desperate man and say, you're my guy. If she wants that tip jar to be flowing, you can't do that. She just gave away dinner that soon. Title card, hard cheese. Niles comes to the apartment to find Frazier's door open and him on the couch with a plate of pizza on his chest. He is depressed over the Ronnie situation, even though he knows they're not compatible. Yeah, I mean, Frazier, Frazier. Frazier fell apart. Marty was being a douche. You know, standard fare here. Yeah, depression Frazier's not cool. Not a big fan of that. It's it's annoying because they end up actually making up for it later. Yeah. Um, but in the moment, it was like, oh, Frazier, this is t- typical you. Also, did did uh, any of you catch the name of the movie that uh, Niles wanted to watch with Frazier? Oh, I did not. No. It was some like really weird name. Like you have to you have to know the name if you're going to say that. But like the hippopotamus's butthole or something don giovanni there's no chance it was hippopotamus's butthole that would be all i would have wrote down <laughs> if that's not a detail we'd miss but curtis idea for a new podcast <laughs> what is the idea we're, we're gonna pitch and then shoot hippopotamus's butthole the podcast and then we discuss With brad ryan and curtis yeah and we we discuss what a hippopotamus's butthole looks like no that's not what it's gonna it's gonna be a drama d about a hippopotamus's butthole. Yeah, but we're not going to explain what it would look like. What the fuck? I think it looks like the underside of a pumpkin. What you, the fuck? I'm a pawn. You have to do an <laughs> intro. <laughs> I hope that's you leaving the fucking room. <laughs> While trying to make a chutney sandwich, Fraser deigns to eat Velveeta. Naturally, Niles is horrified. And horrified again when they discover Viagra in the Velveeta. Man, what a, what a roller coaster. My first question is, who's ever made a chutney sandwich? I did. I've made one. Have you? Yeah, yeah. Well, so first things first. A chutney sandwich, not a sign of depression. Throwing Velveeta onto a chutney sandwich, a very clear sign of depression. So that was a wild one-two punch. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you you guys have never had a a charcuterie board and then just had leftover chutney? I No, I've not. I don't have leftovers from a charcuterie board. (laughs) I was going to say. Dang, this is a Fraser podcast. Step your game up. (laughs) We, We had a honey fig jam that lasted for weeks. Took a while to use it up. Did you try eating it? Yeah, man. It's, you can only <laughs> use so much per thing. You can't just load up the honey fig jam, all right? I, I do love the idea that Frazier just gets so excited about sandwiches because you wouldn't expect him to get so pumped about a sandwich. Well, yeah, Curtis, you're, you're a big sandwich, man. Yeah. Like, I, I assume this is exactly how you would do depression. Well, okay, I was going to save it, but uh, guys, 
I've made a chutney and Velveeta sandwich. Yeah. Is that is that real? Please tell me that's no, real. No, no, it's not real. I didn't even think I didn't even think to do it till this moment. Well, okay. Well, we'll go. We'll circle back. Film that separately because I we need to hear you try that on camera. <laughs> uh, how about how about I know I understand that Niles is very rich, but the whole shitting on Velveeta like it like it's not even real is just like come on, man. Cheese shaming. Velveeta, a box that Pandora herself would be loath to open. Yeah, that was a funny yeah, line. Unneeded shot at Velveeta. I, obviously, yeah. you don't put it onto a chutney sandwich. That would be crazy. But it's it's obviously an excellent block of whatever it is. Cheese product. I mean, I guess we have to address it, right? This makes no sense that you would hide Viagra in Velveeta. You would just put it in your room like a normal human. Yeah, it does. You're right. I was going to say, no, it does make sense because they're right. He, th- there's no reason to think Fraser would look in there, but exactly. also there's sure. no reason to think Fraser would ever go in. We actually, we have seen Niles go through his dad's underwear drawer. So maybe, maybe he didn't know it was safe <laughs> in his room. I if, think, for some, I think, if for some reason they were in his room, they'd have found it immediately. But the only time they go in his room is when he's had a heart attack. See, I don't know. I, I think it's safer in the Velveeta than it is in the room. Also, you don't know that. You you know the last time that they went into his room. You don't know the first time. I think that was, I think I do. I think I know them both. I, I guess I was thinking more like he wanted to hide it in case there was a housekeeper there or something like that. They're never going to check the Velveeta. So I think so, the... the well, hold on, just, hold on. Daphne's not going through his, his Viagra drawer. We don't I know that Daphne She's not his housekeeper. And Curtis, you're, you're, you're jumping yeah, you're in. You're in yeah. spoiler territory. <laughs> we don't know that Daphne yeah. has a job. Stop, Curtis. We just know Stop she's... Her. We just know she's pregnant. I no, I was I was actually I was making a comment on a previous episode we watched where uh it was the one where uh, Niles is is going off on everybody and uh and it doesn't matter. I was referencing a previous episode. Well you did it poorly. Yeah, really poorly. Be better. I'm appalled. Now you're the bad guy of the show, not me. Be be like Brad. So um the Viagra, was that like just pills in the in the Velveeta, or do you put the whole like? I think it was a bottle. It was, it was a bottle. bottle. It's not like you it could was hear like... it jingling. Well, I'm yeah. sorry. What do you? Th- how do you think they would have revealed that there was pills in the Velveeta cheese block? I don't know. If he was like, well, okay, how do you get a whole bottle in the cheese block? You cut it like you cut it out. <laughs> I think actually, it, you would see that. It actually is a good question. I think what happened is part of the Velveeta was already eaten. So there was like a hole in the, the box. So the yeah, box he, was, it was a whole thing in there. But Did he dig a, a, a Viagra bottle shaped hole into the cheese? Or did he just use enough of it? Look, some people carve out part of a Bible. <laughs> some people carve out part of a Velveeta. Bible seems like it would have been safe as well. These people, These people clearly don't know God. Marty returns for his cheese and quickly discovers that he has found out. He is embarrassed, and the boys are apologetic. He decides to cancel with Ronnie because even he knows he's being creepy. I mean, this scene really jumped quickly. It went from, like, casual fun to, like, screaming at each other to about cheese. Well, before we get into the confrontation, I I do want to say that the awkward moment in the kitchen where everybody knows what he's there for, but he doesn't know that they know, and he's really awkward about it, and... He comes up with a pretty, I thought, clever cover of just like, oh, she wants a snack. Mm, Velveeta. I'll just take this. I thought he did a nice job with that. He was a little hammy, but I mean, I definitely would have believed Ronnie would do a block of Velveeta. That, that felt in character for her. Oh, totally. Not that, not that the audience would know that, but we in the Upside Down, very aware. One of the few uses of Marty I quite enjoy is him angry coming back through the door. That was great. And, and the, that whole, the way that whole scene plays out where Niles calls him sir, and like they totally go into like kids are in trouble, dad's home mode. Like, like they're so shaken by angry Marty, and I can see why. Yeah, he gets, he gets a little fierce, especially for a guy who can't really walk well. Or get it up. <laughs> That's the next bit, right? Frazier tries to psychobabble his dad into giving Ronnie another shot but his insights don't move the needle. But when he reveals that Marty was remembering a different teenage babysitter, Marty's needle is moved to meet up with Ronnie. I'll tell you this much. Frazier, never been better. He almost seemed like he could have been a psychiatrist from this scene. The year is as high on his success as he is. I Normally he's tooting his own bullshit. This time I was on board. I was like, you know what? You are nailing it, Frazier. Yeah. I, I really liked when Niles is confronted with the reality of why he's being a chatty, chatty Cathy. I love that he kind of just, 
explodes and is like, well, sh- I should be mad. Like, I, you're, you're taking my thing again. I like that. It was interesting for the Upside Down because this is the, the acknowledgement that Niles is a better psychiatrist, I think is just to brush him off. I don't, I don't have any reason to believe Frazier believes that, but it was interesting. Didn't feel... I, I, took, it, I took it more as Frazier trying to be a good brother. That's not a thing he does. Here's, here, well, here's the thing. Frazier just had a triumphant moment where he is self-esteem through the roof. So in that condition, he is capable of a hint of being humble. But when, like, if he was still in depressed, couldn't even get Ronnie, she, she'd rather be with my dad than me mode. If that's where his brain was at, he would be, like, sniping at night. He'd be calling Niles the knit again. Yeah, true. Yeah, no point have, in the rest of the season do we think, does Frazier give any acknowledgement that Niles is as good as his job? He usually brushes Niles off at pretty much anything he says. So I don't buy yeah. for a second that he thinks he's better. Well, I think, I guess my bigger question about this part is, did you really think what Frazier was saying was that monumental and that creative for a psychiatrist? Like he was well, not solving the world's um, problem. Counterpoint, he's not a psychiatrist. Certainly not yet. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, this again, other than with Lilith at his side, this is the best he sounded by a long shot this season. Whether or not it's even accurate, who the fuck knows? But it does feel a little bit like uh, this. This is the final season of Frasier. They had to wrap the show in a bow, and they seem to choose to do that by making Frasier progressively a worse character and worse at his job. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, we can't relate. Obviously, I don't know that, but you have. What to do you mean? You watched. Well, you watched know, all the last he's he I don't know what he's like in the previous seasons. Yeah. Oh, I'm saying I'm I, saying from this moment. I'm saying like in these in this episode, in the Lilith episode not too long ago, he was like competent. Oh yeah. But yeah. later on, uh he was very much not. I assume Flash in the pan. I don't think he's gonna be like this the rest of the show, but we'll see. Anything else you want to say? Well no, we have to we have to address that Marty's gross as hell. <laughs> he goes from being like I thought that was the babysitter growing up who I fantasized about because she was wearing a skirt. It's like, oh, no, that was just a different teen. I can totally now get it up, even though this girl was the same fucking age. Yeah, I thought that was a little much that he got the two, that he got the babysitters wrong, but, you know, all good. Yeah, but that's all it takes. Like, the issue's still the issue. Yeah, it's very weird that he was like, oh, I lusted after a teenager when I was a married older man. That's creepy. And now I'm trying to date her now. Whoa, not just lusted. Lusted enough that it caused marital issues. That's like some serious <laughs> fucking lusting. Yeah. And you're right. Like the, the idea that Ronnie is not that specific girl doesn't make it less weird. Nope. Not even. But the way he runs out of there once he realizes it makes it more weird. No, it's, he, he's gross. Like that's established. It's, it's just that's the difference between him having a successful will marry this woman relationship and can't get it up for her is in fucking same. What's crazy is the episode gave them such an out. Like the episode could have just ended with he grappled with, you know, his own issues around the thing and and is seeing Ronnie as an adult, not as that little girl she was. Like they could have gone the route of she's not the teenager. She's a grown woman now. But instead, they're like just going with that. Yep. Nope. She, we found a different teenager. You were creepy at. Oh, insane, actually. And let's just add insult to injury. We're going to call her a slut in the episode. I'm appalled. Yep. I feel bad for that girl. The unnamed teen who won't I think it was, hopefully appear. I think, the, I think Niles calls her Sally the Slut. So, yeah, Sally the Slut. Oh, I'm apologies. Yeah. It's it's too bad we don't meet Sally the Slut, so I could apologize to her personally, but awful. But awful all around. By the way, I feel like we have gotten female characters that were just not given a name, but we've, we're going to name drop <laughs> Sally the Slut. Frazier plays this out with Ronnie bringing Marty on stage to shake down the audience for some tip money. I don't have any... This is a weird ender. If if you were a depressed guy at a club, why would another old depressed guy at the club cause you to then donate money? He's a doctor and he's he's begging for money. I love love after after a half hour of discussing this episode and you're just kind of quietly listening along and then that's, that's what you managed to pick up. That's great. Good job, yep. buddy. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Content. Content. So no no other Vit is Vit has closed the book on that scene or no comment. I think I think uh Vit really summed it up. Yeah. Frazier's a panhandler. That's uh, canon now. Vit. 
Now that you have heard, now that you've heard a summary of the episode, what do you think? Did you, was this a good episode of Frasier? Not of this podcast. You're not judging the podcast. You're not allowed to judge please, the podcast. Please do not judge the podcast. But Frasier, uh, are you a fan of this episode? Uh, absolutely not. Dude sounds like a psychopath. Uh, he's also a doctor that apparently has no money. He's begging for money. Um, there's some check that I don't even know who she is, but she's apparently there looking through cheese to find uh, Viagra pills. Excuse me. Her name is Sally the Slut. You were not listening whatsoever. It was, it's I, don't, I didn't know which girl he was talking about. That could have been multiple people. <laughs> was Daphne even in this episode? Roz certainly wasn't. Roz was not. Daphne was. Was she? She actually, uh, Daphne has a great line where they, they ask her a question like, Daphne, you saw it. Which one of us was she attracted to? How stupid do you think I am? Does he say stupid on my forehead? <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah. I submit, actually, his summary is not way off. Yeah, I would say probably give it a 2 out of 10. Great. Brad, what about you? Yeah, so I really wanted to like this episode because, you know, it's Ronnie's first episode. But I just found the storyline to be pretty childish and pretty archaic. Um, I'm going to go with a D plus, one of my lowest grades. Not a big Oof. fan. Uh, Curtis? How about you, Curtis? Yeah. It's funny because I'm not at my computer. I'm just using my phone today. And I thought to myself... I thought to myself, oh, shit, I forgot to write a, a rating. Like, I didn't do that. No, I just had to open my phone and look at the thing. It says it right here. That's not interesting. Uh, Can't just so- use your memory? Can't just take a shot at that? Nope. This one I ranked 17 out of the 21 we've watched so yeah. far. So also pretty low, bottom-of-the-barrel stuff. Uh, I thought it was better than that stupid dream episode where we get another bad Ronnie moment with the singing, but I did think it was worse than the last episode we saw where Ronnie was in. So not her best work, but, uh, whoa, I just wish, whoa, whoa, whoa. let me, let me, rephrase that. Let, me to... let me reframe that. Uh, not the show's best work for her. Thank you. I was, yes. I was going to take major umbrage with that. I, I wish her introduction, uh, and our finale for Ronnie was better, but uh, Ryan, Bring us home. What did what do you think? This was tough because I mean, Ronnie's definitely my second favorite character, at least, if not my favorite. And her scenes were great. Uh, honestly, she every time she's there, it's going pretty well. Upper echelon scenes. When she's not there, the scenes are horrible, and the plot's creepy and stupid and weird. I think you framed it well, right? That her the dreams episode, which she does show up in, is one of the other really bad episodes so far. So I'm actually going to even lower that score. I think I had it like a 4-1. We're going to give this one a flat 4. Lower that one to sub yeah. 4. I think that's fair. That's fair, Ryan. Wait, you say Thank sub you, 4? <laughs> yeah, like a 3-8. Give it three, a number. Seven. Your whole thing is giving it numbers, right? <laughs> well, I, already, I already rated that one. We're just, we're just marking that one down. This one, we're giving a 4. 4 flat. Okay. I think that's fair. Good job, Ryan. Thank you, buddy. All right, now for a new segment. So this was the first and the last episode with Ronnie. To give her a proper send-off, I thought we could do a little segment I'm calling Biography. So do you guys remember that 90s and early aught show Biography? I no, do. I only, I only watch good stuff. And and Frasier. I actually didn't know it was over until you said it was over. I thought it was still going on. I think it might be. When I was when I was uh, Googling it, it uh, it looks like they, they are still making biographies, but I don't know who's watching them. This is one of those shows that when you're flipping through cha- – back when people flipped through channels, you would get distracted and be doing something else, and it would just be on. Like you didn't get to your proper destination, and the just monotone guy would be talking the whole yes, time. Right. It'd be like, yes. this is the biography of Alan Thicke. Be like, I, yes. that, I don't think they, they told, Alan Thicke. They told but... the life stories of famous people. And yes, it was very, it was somewhat dry. Uh, oh. And I thought, what better than our podcast, but something boring and dry. So uh, the reason <laughs> I wanted to do this, as we discussed a few times, Wendy Malik, who plays Ronnie, also played Nita Van Horde on the show Just Shoot Me. She played a has-been supermodel. And in one very strange episode of that show... They actually, the entire episode was a mock episode of biography about that character. Uh, so I thought it'd be fun if we tried to give Ronnie the same treatment. You have a weird idea of fun. Can I just say the only caveat being on the Just Shoot Me version, they had the real host and we have Curtis. Who, I don't know if he's playing the host. <laughs> I, I don't know either, man. Lawrence, world-class singer, world-class friend, and maybe most of all, world-class babysitter. I knew she'd never make it. 17 years old, 18 beers on a Tuesday. You do the math. Ronnie Lards, Legs for Days. (laughs) 
Ronnie Lawrence is remembered as one of Seattle's funniest and most charming lounge singers of the early aughts. But her life, while celebrated, was also filled with strife and struggle. Still, her spirit was never broken, even when circumstances took her to the brink of disaster. Tragedy struck Ronnie early in her career. She landed her dream gig as the drug mule pianist for a local drug cartel. Before she could play her first show, the drug cartel was busted. All members of the cartel were investigated. While no wrongdoings were found in Ronnie's case, they did manage to uncover her ardent love for crochet. Obviously, this news was a black ball for Ronnie in the drug mule pianist industry. Yeah, when I was working with Ronnie, I had to be the drug mule. Uh, she crocheted the most comfortable buttholsters for that cocaine. That bitch stole all my money. I used to be a banker at, um, at at Bank of America, and I was making millions of dollars. And she swindled me out of a hundred thousand dollars I invested in her in her uh, piano business that wasn't even a real business. So can we just make comments that have nothing to do with the what I said? Is that how this works? Mine kind of related. Yours was fine. I mean, it went against the point, but that's still okay. Brad just said a different thing. <laughs> just totally unrelated. Brad, you want to try another shot at that, baby? That's fine. Okay. Wait, wait. Should we, we should give we should give it a shot. Oh yeah, Vit, you're still here. I I got nothing for that one. All right, listen to mine, and then you should have something. I I heard yours. Yours was horrible. no, no. You're not even. <laughs> Nope, not even close. Okay, thanks, Vitaly. To understand her path here, we have to start at the very beginning. Ronnie was born in 19-something-something to Melinda and Stephen. She was the second of four children. She was born in the quaint town of Jupiter, Florida. At the age of six years old, her family moved to Seattle so her dad could get a job with the Seattle Seahawks as a strength and conditioning coach. Ronnie's parents did not play piano at all, but they saw the investment in love and what her daughter had when she heard music. So her daughter began training with a man named Lucas Von Trapp. Lucas Von Trapp was a very shady man and the first person to ever expose her to drugs and alcohol. She liked them so much, she got a job as a babysitter, which is where she met Dr. Fraser Crane, who would go on to become one of Seattle's number one radio hosts. Yes, I am Lucas Von Trapp, and I am here to say that I thought of all the people that I have taught, Ronnie was the most uh, attractive. I never trusted Lucas Von Trapp. It was, it's anyone, to be fair, with the Von Trapp last name. You just can't trust they're fleers. We know that. But Lucas, it wasn't the drugs so much. It was that look. He, like, looked through you. I didn't like it. And I didn't like it for Ronnie. Yes, I've, I've gotten that many times, and it's fair. I'm sorry, are we having a conversation? <laughs> <laughs> are you sitting right next to me? <laughs> yeah, no, keep, keep going with that. Let's do that. Yes, that's, that is fair. I, uh, I, I really shouldn't be trusted. You really shouldn't. I one time gave you my bank account, next day gone. I do, I've I thanked you many times. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't a gift. It was still gracious of you. It wasn't gracious. You told me you would. It's fine, it's fine. We're talking Ronnie. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, she was, what, 17 when you were in her care? But yeah, sure, whatever. She worked her way up through show business and clubs and lounges, singing the big rooms and the small. Sometimes just to a single lonely barfly. Hi, I'm the lonely barfly. I would go around to each venue that she would be at, just drinking drinks and staring at her. She, I really liked her, and you know, she really inspired me. Now, did you think maybe the problem was that you were a barfly? I assume we're still sitting next to each other. Yeah, yeah, I was just really lonely and creepy, but she really inspired me with her music. Why are you saying was? You're clearly still creepy. You're a barfly. Yeah, but now I've moved on to other musicians and stuff. Which, who are you following now? Miranda Cosgrove. You know what? She is good. Barfly out. Deep voice for the barfly announcer. I think that barfly was a man. But by the fall of 1991, she had been discovered. It was a man named Mustafa Greeneye, and he would become her manager. And her first husband. Ronnie was to the piano as Chicken was to Long John Silver's. Just a real hidden gem. I could just, I could just tell by the way she tended bar. That girl was built to tickle the ivories. 
The key to her success? That flat D. Never seen anything like it. Is that a boob joke? Sorry. This is supposed to be a piano joke. It's yeah, supposed to be D flat. That was it. <laughs> so see, the key to her success was that D flat. <laughs> he got her a record deal, and she recorded and released it, only to find out after the fact that the marketing plan for the album was to stand outside a McDonald's in Vegas or Times Square, insisting strangers take the CD and then demand money once they do. The album flopped almost instantly, and it also ruined their marriage. I just thought it was a good plan, the McDonald's marketing scheme. It's like, you know, Ronnie's a go-getter. I think she can go out and pedal to the streets. Saves you a lot of money on marketing. Couldn't believe it failed. Still not sure what went wrong. Inflicting police reports. Mysterious circumstances. The truth behind the untimely death of Ronnie may never be fully revealed. But the theories abound. It was clear her mistrust in very, very bad men led to her downfall. Shortly after that McDonald's fateful marketing plan, she was then murdered by a homeless man named Dr. Fraser Craig, former Seattle's finest. In closing, the barfly kills Ronnie. Like, come on. The world will certainly miss her presence and all that she brought to this dreary place we call planet Earth. Pearlescent. Translucent. Lascivious. Legendary. Slutty. Bet I, you, certainly you can you can chime in on this one. It's just a word. Say a word. Any word. Hot. Hot. Are you are you saying half of a word on purpose? <laughs> I'm say, I'm say, I said hot. Oh, hot. It sounded like you were saying hot. <laughs> it did sound that no, way. I was saying hot. Okay. And now for a recurring segment. Daddy do or daddy don't. Ryan, was daddy in oh. this episode? There's a couple people you could play do or don't for. I thought I would have said Daphne was not in this episode. I'm confident Roz wasn't because we agreed. It would be strange if if Daddy was in and Roz was not. But they were in the apartment a couple times. Okay, I can do this. I would have I would have had some moments of distraction because Marty's the worst, but Daddy also sucks. They would have pulled from him. I don't think it happened. I'm going to say Daddy don't. Daddy don't. Final answer. Is that good or bad? Your sound effects are ambiguous. Ryan, you answered Daddy don't because you don't believe that Daddy was in this episode. But he was. No, shut up. Are you you serious? I'm totally serious. No, No, he was not. In the scene was where he in the fucking, was he in the fucking furniture store? Because I'll be so mad. Oh god! No, so when uh, Fraser is uh, all nervous about Ronnie coming over, and he's talking to Niles, Niles and Daphne, Marty shows up. He was walking. Uh, he was walking. I was walking. Freddie. Um, I don't know what's happening. He he was walking the dog and came home from the walk, and it, literally, there's no reason to have Eddie in the scene. It's just. Eddie is with Marty when he walks in the door and then he leaves no, to go into the right, bedroom. Right as Marty meets Ronnie again for the first time in probably 70 years because he's so fucking old. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's disappointing. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad I thought to do that. Curtis, I'm so glad I took it out. Uh, I was going to say something about the dog and, and, and uh, spoil it. And then I realized what you like to do. <laughs> talk, talk dogs. Yeah. Curtis's favorite. Ryan, uh, you did not win Daddy Do or Daddy Don't, but your consolation prize is you get to predict the future. What is going to happen on the next episode? It's season 11, episode 3. The Doctor is out. Don't worry, buddy. I feel like a loser for this whole episode. Uh, the Doctor is out. A Ronnie-sized hole can be felt in Fraser's life. After another particularly futile radio broadcast, Fraser's looking to truly help people. Even he has grown tired of his useless drivel that is clearly helping no one. He goes to Niles for advice. Nia psychoanalyzes him and realizes Frazier isn't getting fulfillment because his life is meaningless. Frazier reminds him that he's a twat because that is what Frazier already said. He then gets the brilliant idea to do what his brother does since he seems vaguely happyish. This throws Niles into a titter. Daphne reminds him that he should pay any amount of attention to his pregnant wife. Roz and Marty learn to play backgammon. I like to use the word titter. 
Tetra is something a nit would do. <laughs> oh, Curtis, I got a bonus prediction for you. What? Well, that I don't think that's ever happened before. Do you want to? This is the first. Did, would you share it with me? Wait, is it good uh, news yeah. or bad news? I don't know. You, you tell me. Uh, it says Curtis Sheck will try his hand at the distribution of bathroom mints, possibly <laughs> where Bradley is. Um, can I actually, before we end the show, can I actually uh, give an apology? Yeah, please. To yeah. for what? To whom? Hopefully, yeah, me. I, I would like to give an apology to my co-hosts for bringing the worst possible guest ever in the history of the show. What do you mean? Oh, is someone here? Is it not yeah, just the exactly. three of us? Thank you. I apologize to my guests for that one. Your guest or us? For my host. Sorry. No, do you think we're the guests? Do you think me and Curtis are the guests? I apologize to my co-hosts for the uh, lack of. Don't, don't don't promote yourself to co-host. Yeah. What are you a ho- co-host? I I would like to apologize to my other panelists and hosts for um for bringing the. You were a guest. Yeah. Apology absolutely not accepted for the record. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for our theme music. Thank you for listening. Probably the best if you don't bother us on the TikToks and the Instas, uh, but you can if you want, reverse psych pod. Uh, you don't need to email us, reverse psych pod at gmail.com. Uh, but if you do, that's where that's we can a, get our questions. I'd say no threat of that this week. <laughs> Not even a little. Uh, please, we do better other weeks. Subscribe, rate, review. <laughs> oh, don't Apple do podcasts. that. I'll do any of that tonight. Uh, Actually, for- do not rate this one. Ooh. Yeah, I well, I mean, you can leave. You know, what? you can you can leave a bad review. Just make sure it's a five star bad review. Uh, for myself, for Ryan, for Brad, and I guess for Vit, <laughs> mediocre dusk. That's a good way to describe Vit. Wait, were you, did you play that, Curtis? What? Okay, well, who's beeping? What? Sounds like somebody's getting like emails or something. Yeah, I heard it too. Oh, I thought that was my phone disconnecting. Brad, what are you doing? No, I thought it was my your phone disconnecting. It was my phone disconnecting. You thought it was my phone disconnecting. <laughs> it was my phone disconnecting, but I like the idea of you taking the credit for it. Stop answering your emails and go on silent. No, it was actually my phone disconnecting. That's why I love that you took the credit for it. How could we hear that? I don't know. You can hear lots of things in America. Oh my God. Get your shit together. Down. That was great. And that lasted for about four seconds. I was on mute and I was trying to talk and I was getting pissed you guys weren't responding to me. Brad, will you uh, fix your fucking phone? Yeah, why the fuck do we have to hear your noise every time you mute and unmute? What is going on? No, it's not when I mute and unmute. It's a uh, long story. But uh, basically... Okay, well, short story. Fix it. It's fixed. Um, Marty is such a horn dog so, and I love so how... goddamn annoying. I think you oh, might be right. I think Brad, it might have been... Keep... fucking phone. Brad, <laughs> he was going to launch... He would have taken... Brad, we're still hearing your beeping. What the fuck you is going on? You have to fucking fix whatever is happening. Wait, no, what no. Is happening? Wait, stop. The, uh, I, the last like minute, you shouldn't have yeah. heard anything. I haven't heard the anything last minute. minute. That's Why was it going end. off? What, what, what is happening on your phone that you're getting noises at all? It's not my all? phone. It's my computer. Um, but let Turn me your computer off. Stop, or stop. just mute the thing. You shouldn't hear it again. Let me know if you hear it again. Is what I'm trying. Just Obviously mute it. we will. I did. I did. That's what I'm saying. Let me know if you hear it again. Okay. All right. Anyway, it was, so <laughs> it, it was emails, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It's my computer. I'm still having problems with the charger. Get me Let me know if you hear it again, is all I'm saying. Okay. It's the worst. <laughs> Brad, I got a text kidding? message that time. That was Why, not you Why can we hear it? Okay, that was the one old? thing I didn't turn off, and I knew that was going to happen. I will turn why, that off. Then why the fuck didn't you turn it off? Because I, I, I just, I just thought about it as soon as it, as soon well, like, a second before you, it went off. How is why that are you so old? I like noises. Uh, I, I'm turning it off people now. that are better at tech than you. Oh my God. <laughs> it's not better at tech. It's just I like. No, they're noise. fucking better at tech. They also their hearing works better than yours. Apparently, there Jesus fucking Christ. Or, All right, it's been like 23 minutes. I think we have like five minutes of content. Yeah, that's all. That's how this goes. We we yeah. can edit this show. Well, yeah, I figured that, but I'm sure it takes a shit ton of time. Yes, yes, it well, you're does. the one doing it. Yeah, it's a lot on Curtis. No, I, I I'm not. But either of this I. is this is the most empathetic Vitelli has ever been to me. <laughs> I didn't say that. He, he just said the show's not very good. We get our first title card. No, I'm Here sorry, come... wait, before you continue, Brad, did you turn off all of your shit? Oh my god. Did you just hear something? Actually, no. actually, let me test it now. No, but I don't like the question. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yes. No. Oh, yeah, you did? I heard it. 
Well, that's yeah, two yeah, different responses. Uh, okay, well, that I was that. Okay. I will. Okay, now I know what I got to do. Thank you. Fucking mute. What do you mean you no, know what you have to no. do? I have to just, I have to. You're uh, Okay, now I'm good. Ish. I don't believe, Nobody I don't believe that at all. You. Nobody believes me. That's true. All right, keep going. She well, she did, but she also. Oh my god! Fucking, are you fucking kidding me? I had to put my charger back on. It was from my computer. Don't, Sorry, don't do that. You're good. Keep going. You're not. Good. Why do you have it making noises? Turn the volume off. Mute your computer. Does this happen every episode, or is it just this one? Only three it's, other times. It's happened before, but never to this crazy extent. I don't know what he's got over there that he's suddenly just clicking and banging, but. I, it better be a fucking girl texting you because if it's anything else, you're a disappointment. I just told you it was me putting my charger back in. All right, keep going. Why does that make sounds? I don't know. Everything makes sounds. Oh my god! I, I will say I just apologize for all the beeps and dings and and charging <laughs> and not and non charging that, that that's been happening this whole episode. Thank you. Oh. Well, you didn't know the decorum. You didn't realize you should just be making stupid ass sounds the whole time I, while we're doing the say, podcast. It would totally track that Vitaly was making dings and noises the whole time. And Brad just thought he was. First off, have we talked? Like maybe it's just I making the noises out of my mouth. Ding! I sound nope. Like, nope. Nope. That was a different noise. Try, it didn't try sound three, like a ding. Try three more. Boop, boom! Oh, that was it. That sounded desperate. <laughs> sounded like a rooster being strangled. Chugga chugga chugga! Okay. What?